Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Our mission is to make government contracts better one contract at a time. Our topic today is the very confusing way that the government manages its money. All right, let's get started. We've talked about money on many previous podcasts. This time, taking a little bit different take on it. We did an episode about uh, capturing fallout funds. It was a request from one of our community members. In fact, I created a video series about that, about the concept of how, how to capture fallout money. And one of the parts that came up in that was this stages of money. And, and stages of money, it's one of those fuzzy government contracting concepts uh, where, where the government has these different stages that the money goes through before you can actually use it. Companies, private companies, they have stages like you know, their bud- money's budgeted and then it's billed and then it's invoiced and it's received. But in GovCon, there seem to be more stages and they're, <laughs> and they're definitely different and a little bit more confusing. Before we get into that, let's stop and say thanks. I want to say thanks this week to Julia Walker. She's a business development manager at Ceiling Technologies. That's a cybersecurity and research firm in Columbia, Maryland. I want to thank Julia for being an active podcast listener and for liking and sharing our content on LinkedIn. The best way for people to find this information that we're giving away for free is for people to share it on LinkedIn. Thanks, Julia. All right, let's get into the next confusing money topic. Uh, What are stages of money? What are we talking about here? Money goes through a lot of stages when it travels from Congress all the way to a contractor. In general terms, it's appropriated, authorized, committed, and then you get into obligated and expiring and then expended and then canceled. I mean, full disclosure, this isn't even an all-inclusive list, but it it can be really confusing. So we'll go through them one by one. It's important to understand what stage money is in, much like it's important to understand what acquisition time zone you're in. Because if you don't know the rules for that zone or that stage of money – you don't know what can and can't happen, and you could stub your toe pretty easily. Yeah, it's important to know the difference between money that's committed versus obligated versus expired or canceled. I mean, they, they sound kind of the same, right? But in CovCon, they're, they're really different. Let's walk through the list here. The first stage is where funds, where money is appropriated and authorized. So Congress appropriates the money, then authorizes it for use by an agency. So they appropriate, authorize, then the president hopefully signs that into law. And and just like that, we're caught up with, you know, 10th grade government class. (laughs) But then it gets a little bit more complicated. Technically, the money actually can't be used yet. It's still at the top of the funnel for the agency. It can't be put on contract yet. Once the funding bill is signed, the money becomes available to the agencies. And we're not going to get into how all that happens, But when the money trickles all the way down to the agencies and it's in their hands and available for use, they commit it for use on certain programs. This is where the agency or or, or department, they they lock in the money to use it on a specific program. So this could be agency level, program level. This could be a base or some directorate. At each level, it kind of gets more specific of what it's going to be used for. Exactly. Essentially, what we're saying is the economic decider is choosing where the money goes. And we talked about the economic decider being economic deciders being one of the groups who decides how does a contract happen. And we talk about them in episode 118 called the three deciders. There are requirements. Economic deciders decide which 
requirements get the most money and how. And it's very complicated that another thing that we can't get into here because we're talking about stages of money. After the money is committed, it's then able to be obligated or put on a contract. This is where the contracting officer comes in. The contracting officer is the one that puts normally, almost always, puts the money on the contract. This is where the money is actually applied to an individual contract and can be turned into work. This is where the user or the, the program manager, assistant program manager, the, the person who's actually getting the benefit, that's where this actually happens. Yeah. Right? Once it's on the contract, the users, the program managers, it might still be in the acquisition office. This is where they can use the money within the scope of the contract. Yeah, this is where stuff is finally starting to get done after it got appropriated maybe you know two years beforehand. After funds are obligated to a contract, they're able to be expended. That's you, you can spend them. You do the work and you bill the government for it. This is the stage where the contractor did the work or delivered the product or service, invoiced for it, and then got paid. So the money did its job. It is now expended. There you go. Up to now, there's another term that's used for this money. It's current money because you can actually use it. You can commit it, obligate it, and expend it. Government funds have a shelf life. At some point, they're no longer available to be obligated to a contract. And we talked about that in, in The Colors of Money, which was episode 19. When it crosses that line where it's no longer able to be obligated to a contract, it's called expired funds at that point. That's an, the next stage. Expired funds can only be used to pay bills on contracts where they were obligated. In some cases, they can move, be moved around between CLINs or contracts, but they can't be used on new contracts anymore. The last stage we're going to talk about is canceled funds, and this is a bad thing. Five years after the period of availability for those funds, so up until they expire, five years after they expire, if the money hasn't been used, if it hasn't been billed for and, and paid, expended, it cancels. It's no longer available to be used for any purpose. So nobody can use it. Essentially, it just goes back to Congress. It goes back into the Treasury and gets lost in that whole maze of, of accounting at the, at the highest levels of the government why in the world would money ever cancel? How could it not get expended if it was put on a contract? Sometimes there's an incomplete modification or, or a contract that, that wasn't updated and, or it isn't closed in time. And then there are funds that are owed by, by the government to uh, the contractor. If it's five years after they expired, there's no funding to be pulled. It's canceled. So think about the case where you have a cost type contract where the government obligated money to the level that they expected the contractor to spend. The contractor had an underrun. They didn't spend as much as they thought they were going to to get the job done. If the leftover money isn't de-obligated from the contract and used for something else that you're allowed to use it for, it's just kind of lost sitting there on the contract. And if it stays that way till it crosses that cancellation threshold, it just goes away. It can't be used for anything else again. Or if, if it's an overrun, but because, like you said, it's a cost-type contract, that isn't discovered until, I don't know, six years later. Now the government owes the contractor, you know, pick a number, $50,000, right? Well, that money's canceled. So they can't use the money that they had put aside, that they'd committed, that had been obligated, et cetera, five years ago to pay that bill. Now they got to pay it with current money. Ouch. So canceling money's bad. 
and how you discovered that there was an overrun on a contract five years after performance, that's that's a long story as well. But it usually happens when there's a rate adjustment later on, like yep. you're trying to close a contract out and you're going back and auditing everything and the contractor says, oh, my rates have changed. They've gone up. You owe me more money. This only happens on cost type contracts and we're not going to get into it now, yes. but it can happen that you discover an overrun well after performance is complete. That is a huge rabbit trail. Let's distract you with FAR time then. One of the places this comes up in the FAR is FAR 32.702. And this is one of the things that could happen if you don't understand what stage of money is in. 32.702 says, no officer or employee of the government may create or authorize an obligation in excess of the funds available or in advance of appropriations. That's where you get into the Anti-Deficiency Act, which we've talked about in other podcasts. But what it's saying is, if you don't have the money that's committed for your program or been appropriated, you, you can't spend it yet. If the money's expired or canceled, then you may be authorizing an obligation in excess of what's available because it's no longer available. Right. When does this happen in the process? If we're talking acquisition time zones, well, the budgeting goes back to we have requirements or we're doing market research. Where this really matters is when you get to the RFP zone. That final RFP cannot be released unless there are funds committed for that requirement. So that's the RFP zone. The source selection zone is where the government is making this decision and they're going to award a contract. And then we hit that threshold. They cannot award a contract without funds that have been committed because you have to obligate the funds at that point, which moves us on to the execution time zones. Most of the focus is going to be in the performance zone. That's where the work is being done. It's being invoiced and the funds that were obligated are now being expended and they need to be expended before they cancel. And then during the wrap up zone is where we figure out, oh boy, did we have a cost overrun? that we now have a bill for for canceled money. But again, that's a rabbit trail. The execution time zones is where so much of this churn of these funds that were put on contract is happening. Yeah, I, I see a lot of focus on the whole expired, canceled, available when you get to that closeout time, when you get to the wrap-up zone. Everyone's trying to rescue any money that's trapped on contracts and use it before it's no longer available. Use it before it's canceled. <laughs> rescue any money that that's a good title for a podcast at some point what we're talking about there is really focused on why the government cares if the government doesn't understand what phase what stage the money's in they may not be able to use it the way that they want to or need to or mean to even when the government folks know the stages of funding industry may not if there's a disconnect in communication here between the terms that can lead to real problems if the contractor thinks that the funds are obligated, but they're actually only committed, that's where you can get in trouble with things like the Anti-Deficiency Act. It should be obvious to industry folks as well. If you don't know what stage the money is in, you can get your company in trouble. And it's a little different than the government getting in trouble because you could go out of business if you get in enough trouble. At a minimum, you could perform work that wasn't authorized and then not be able to get paid for it. Definitely cause yourself problems here. If the money's not obligated yet, you don't want to be spending it or, or expecting to invoice against it. This happens when you see scope creep where, hey, we can just add this to the contract. But if it's not modified, the contract's not modified to add the work and to add the money, you're operating at, at risk, right? And if the mod doesn't happen or if that mod doesn't happen before the end of the fiscal year and the money expires, the problem gets worse. And that's how you end up doing work for free. And like you said, that's a really efficient way to go out of business. 
I was talking to a contractor that that eight years earlier, they did not modify the contract to add the extra work. They did that work. And then when the contract was audited, it ended up costing them $30,000 because the auditor said, there's no evidence that you were authorized to do this work. So you owe us 30 grand that you invoiced for. Wow. It's not, it's not just modifications that can get you into that kind of trouble with the, if it's not obligated, don't spend it. There could be a case where the government has announced a contract award, but not actually signed the contract yet. And the contractor says, yay, we won and gets excited and starts working. And then something happens and the government isn't able to award that contract. The money for that contract gets shifted somewhere else or who knows what happens, but the contract's never awarded and the, the contractor's sitting there saying, well, I already did some of the work. I need to get paid. Eh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's a terrifying scenario because the contract hasn't even started. <laughs> I mean, it's like that that's a heavy lift to go, oh, work for a contract that didn't even exist. Yeah, good luck yeah. getting paid for that. In a sole source situation, sometimes it happens that you're kind of negotiating the contract and the contractor wants to get started before the contract's actually signed. They know it's coming. They know what it's for exactly. You know, it's not a competition where... It would be risky, but they know the work's going to come to them. So they're just going to start now. Not a good situation to be in. It can get confusing quickly. One of our members called in a panic because she thought the money was being de-obligated from her contract. And actually what was happening is they were transferring it between CLINs. But what the government person she was talking to told her, which he wasn't a contracting officer, was that they were pulling the money off of her contract. They were pulling the money off of her CLIN which means it stays on the contract. And it just, so it was a transparent thing to her, but to the government side, it was that they were never moving the funds around. These were funds that were obligated, but not expended. And because they weren't being de-obligated off the contract, they were, be, they were, it was appropriate to use them that way. But man, if you don't know what those terms mean, she called me in a panic. Yeah. If we don't all use the same terms, money can get accidentally lost. All right. Before we get lost following all the rabbit trails, I think we actually said that 15 times during this exactly. one. Let, let's wrap it up. On the government side, be careful not to throw these terms around without context. Not understanding them leads to trouble on for both government and industry because we're not communicating. Like you just said with that story. On the industry side, the, the sweet spot for, for getting money on contract is when it's obligated. A bizarre metaphor to help with that is the avocado. <laughs> it's like the, the timeline of the avocado, right? Everybody who, Anybody who likes avocados knows that they're hard- you can't use them. They're, they're not available to, to be able to make anything with. And then all of a sudden, they're just perfect. And so think of them like this is the month of September. They are perfect and ripe and ready to go in the month of September. But then on October 1st, they're all black and nasty and you can't use them. So think of money like, like an avocado. If you're a contractor, when it's, when it's committed, eh, it's still hard. You can't use it yet. When it's not before it's obligated, you can't use it yet. Once it's obligated, okay, now you can use it. But then if it's canceled, oh, can't use it anymore. Or even if it's expired. It's past the date. Yeah, yeah. If it's expired or canceled, you can't use it anymore. So just think about it. It can happen quickly. And if you don't understand the, the stages of, of that money, then you can miss an opportunity or end up with a really big bill. Yeah, we didn't use the actual terms from the timeline of an avocado, but I think if you Google that, you can find the, uh, the graphic that made you think of that uh, bizarre metaphor. Your words, the metaphor or an, I just call it a, it a metaphor Kevin, or an, I just call it a Kevin metaphor. Is it a metaphor or an analogy? That's not what we're here to talk about. I don't want to try to figure that out. We, we confuse that every time. All right. That's it for today. That's got to be it for today. I'll talk to you later. I'll see you, Paul. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. 
If you enjoy our podcast, we invite you to check out the Skyway community at skywaymember.com. The Skyway community is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, and running a business with government contracts. We speak GovCon. Learn, win, and grow with us. Whether you're brand new to GovCon, just got your first contract, or you may already be a successful government contractor. In any case, being a Skyway community member gives you the edge. With our extensive tools and training, exclusive member discounts on consulting support, and a supportive and active community appears to help you along the way, the Skyway community is the perfect place for anyone who's serious about winning new business. To learn more, call 877-884-5280 or check us out at skywaymember.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you here next week. I don't know why that's relevant to this. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I for I, I followed your rabbit trail. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> right down the trail. Dang. <laughs> that's how it happens. Yep.